Welcome to Mastering Midlife with Heidi. I'm Heidi, certified hypnotist and mindset coach, and in this podcast, I'm breaking down my secret code for midlife success. Are you trying to overcome people-pleasing behaviors, navigating divorce, living in debilitating self-doubt, or something else keeping you stuck? You're in the right place. I know that you're ready to get to the next level of your life feeling happy and fulfilled, so let's get started. Welcome to Mastering Midlife with Heidi. This was not the episode I planned to record, but sometimes life throws you a curveball, taking you in a completely different direction than you thought you were headed. There's a saying, man plans and God laughs. And that's what happened to me last Friday, September 1st, the day I was planning to record. Instead, I'm recording this episode on Tuesday, September 5th, so that I can share with you the lessons that were reinforced during my very unexpected, eventful Labor Day weekend when my 92-year-old mom, who lives by herself and is very healthy and independent, suddenly got violently ill last Friday afternoon, September 1st, and again on Saturday afternoon, forcing me to call 911. What do you do when life throws you a curveball like this? Go into fight or flight? Or stay fairly present to the situation and trust that what's happening is meant to happen for some greater reason that you're unable to see in the moment. This is what we're talking about in today's episode, and I'm sharing with you three things you can do to help you get through difficult times more easily. Let's dive in. First, when the universe brings you a circumstance that completely throws you off course, do you react or do you respond? There's a huge difference between the two, and also it makes a huge difference on how you'll feel as you go through the event, depending on whether you're reacting or responding. So what's the difference? When something unexpected happens, like watching your mom be perfectly fine while grocery shopping, to a few hours later being suddenly so weak and dizzy that she can't stand, and then starts violently vomiting, It's easy to react, to go into fight or flight from the amount of stress this can induce. But here's the thing when we go into this stress mode so quickly. The automatic stress mode takes away resources from the body and brain needed for normal processing, like digestion, respiration, and thinking, and gives these resources to the limbs in order to allow us to fight or flee. So in a time when you may need to think clearly, you won't be able to because of the fight-or-flight mode you've gone into. Your nervous system is reacting as if your life depended on it, which is a problem and actually is rarely the case. We're usually not being chased by a tiger when we go into fight-or-flight. When we're reacting, our emotions take over. And when we're reacting from emotion— There's no logic or thinking involved. We make poor decisions because we're deciding from emotion instead of logic, and this typically doesn't result in the type of outcome we want. Responding, however, is staying in the present moment and allowing yourself to process logically what's happening instead of reacting from emotion. When we process logically, our brain stays engaged and we are able to think of possible solutions. 
I was supporting my mom's weight on the very edge of the bed while her head was over a wastebasket she was getting sick into. But my phone was in the kitchen, not a good place for it when you decide you need to call 911. If I moved, her totally weak body would crumble to the floor. I told her as calmly as I could that we needed to get her moved up on the bed further or down to the floor so that I could walk away for 10 seconds to grab my phone. She had already crawled her way from her bedroom to the kitchen the day before when she first got sick. That was before I was there, and she said she didn't want to go to the floor again, which is understandable. I told her the only option then was for me to move her further onto the bed, knowing every tiny little movement brought another wave of nausea and vomiting. It was an awful situation, especially to see your mom in, when she had been grocery shopping, feeling fine just a few hours earlier. Even when not in this type of high-stress mom situation, but in everyday life, especially in relationships with other people, Responding versus reacting can make a huge difference in the health of your relationships. The word react means to act again, react, to meet one action with another. So when you react, the other person meets your action with a reaction of their own, which is typically to defend. And no good can come from a communication where one person is reacting and the other is defending. Consider that you and I are friends and you do something that hurts my feelings. Reacting would have me possibly sending you a passive-aggressive text that kind of indicates that I feel hurt so that you see the error of your ways. Or maybe my reaction would be to just not talk to you for a while, just ignore you so you get the hint but then I get resentful because you never brought it up again. This is a people-pleasing behavior which has us expecting the other person should be able to read our minds. Reacting from emotion can also cause you to become increasingly negative, feel like you're making poor judgments, and lose a sense of inner peace and happiness when you continually react. It can make you feel powerless and like you're a victim of your circumstances, partially because your reactions are causing the other person to get into a corner where they feel like they have to defend themselves. Reacting can be described as panic and then proceed. Responding, on the other hand, means you self-regulate your thoughts and emotions in the moment. You take agency of yourself. You don't react strictly from emotion. You take responsibility for your feelings, thoughts, and actions. It's your ability to respond. Responsibility. Responding is considerate and deliberate. You're able to logically process what's happening and make a decision based on the facts that you know instead of the feelings and emotions that you're having. Back to the situation where my feelings are hurt because of something that happened between you and me. If I'm responding, I'm assessing the situation logically. Maybe I would ask myself if you possibly had something else going on that had you do what you did. Or I could even take it to you and explain that I was hurt when you did X, Y, and Z and clarify the situation so that I feel heard. 
This will eliminate me getting into resentment because I didn't sit on it or react, and instead I responded from a solution-oriented place. It will also keep you from defending because you don't feel attacked. Let's take a short 60-second break, and when we come back, I'll give you a proven effective tool you can start using if you tend to react instead of respond. Don't go away. Do you feel like you've lived your whole life for others and now you don't know the real you? Does it seem like your wants and needs don't matter, like you're not important? If you're saying yes, I hear you, I see you, and I've created something just for you. It's called Me First, and it's a community where you'll learn to prioritize your needs and desires, gain confidence and a strong sense of who you are. Say no without guilt and create a life that feels good in your heart without concern about judgment from others. As a member of the Me First community, you'll be among like-minded women all on a journey of self-discovery, and you'll find understanding, friendship, and unwavering support. You'll have guidance through expert-led discussions, guest speakers, and personal coaching. Plus, you'll build a toolkit of resources to help you conquer people-pleasing, critical self-talk, shame, resentment, and more so that you have the freedom to prioritize yourself and live life by your parameters. Join the Me First community as a founding member for exclusive pricing. The program starts soon. Check the episode description for the link. It's time to prioritize you and truly believe that you are important too. Now back to the episode. Welcome back. Do you feel you react or are often defending yourself? If so, you are most likely getting into fight or flight and reacting from emotion versus responding. As I was saying before the break, I have a proven tool for you to start using, especially if you tend to panic and react. If you want to learn to respond instead, I recommend you start with something called the pause or the switch. This is a way to start teaching your brain to not go automatically into fight or flight and instead stay present and allow yourself to respond logically. It's important that you choose to stay conscious when in a react versus respond situation because your automatic subconscious mind will take over every time and go into autopilot doing what you've always done in the past. So you have to choose to stay present and respond versus react. Whereas reactions are described as panic, then proceed, responses go like this. Pause, process, then proceed. Responding using the pause gives the time for processing. Here's how the pause works. Anytime you receive a request of any type, simply say or text something like, let me think about it, or let me get back to you. This allows you time to think about what you're being asked to do and consider your options. If you say yes, how will you show up in that situation? As a willing person or begrudgingly? Or if you or your partner get into a conversation that starts to get heated, take a pause, ask for 20 minutes to calm down, and then step away and self-regulate. Put your hand on your heart and tell yourself, I'm safe. I have nothing to defend myself against. This simple action signals to your body and nervous system to slow down, 
that you truly aren't in danger. The important thing is to not let your emotions take over, as that very rarely results in the outcome you want. Fight or flight mode really should be reserved for that. Times that you are physically in danger, which are almost non-existent. Responding versus reacting isn't always easy. Reacting is a habit that happens automatically from the subconscious part of the brain. It takes time, thought, and effort. It takes a conscious choice to respond and not react. It may feel uncomfortable, especially if you're a people pleaser, to not give an automatic yes or to step away from a conversation to give yourself time to calm down. People pleasers don't want to be the bad guy or feel as though they're keeping someone waiting or possibly disappointing someone with our answer. So we don't speak up and we let things escalate. But you'll often regret automatically reacting because either you end up saying something you feel bad about or you commit to something you don't want to do. You'll rarely regret taking the time and effort to respond instead. The second thing you can do to help you through difficult situations, is be your own advocate. What does this mean to advocate for yourself? Bottom line is it means to speak up, to speak up for yourself. It's asserting what's in your own best interests. Being your own advocate requires self-awareness and understanding your needs. Sounds easy enough, right? So why can it be hard to be your own advocate? People-pleasers can have a hard time with this because of their need to please others. This can result in a people-pleaser not speaking up for themselves because they might believe it's wrong or disrespectful to speak up, especially to disagree with someone they view as an authority, like a doctor or a boss. The old me would have gone along with what I was told or what was recommended to me. That would have resulted in mom being discharged the first night from the ER with a prescription for blood pressure medication. They had only monitored her for a few hours, and her blood pressure had gone from extremely high to extremely low after they gave her some meds in her IV. I felt her blood pressure was not the source of her vertigo. It may have added to it, certainly, but I didn't feel she had been observed long enough to know what the real source was. I'm not saying this to tell you to go against authorities. I'm saying this to emphasize that no one knows you better than you know yourself. I knew mom had struggled with some dizziness when lying down over the last year and a half, and her blood pressure had never been an issue. I was not willing to have a repeat 911 call that night or the next day, and so I insisted that they keep her overnight to monitor her, because at that point she was barely able to walk around her ER bed, and definitely not without assistance. I was taught growing up, though, that you do not question authorities, and it has taken me time to develop the know-how to do it kindly, but firmly and thoughtfully and also to do it without feeling guilty for speaking up. To be able to advocate for yourself or someone close to you, there are things you can learn to get good at it. Self-advocacy is a learned behavior. It's not something you know how to do automatically. And again, if you're a people pleaser, it might be hard to learn because the behavior of not speaking up for yourself is based on a belief 
that it's not okay to speak up, or even that you're not worthy of speaking up. Many of us have grown up believing we don't have a say, that we don't have a voice, and that our opinion doesn't matter, that our needs aren't valid. And so being an advocate for yourself doesn't come naturally. Also, I never saw it modeled for me. My parents just went along with what they were told by any authority. The first thing you have to do for advocating for yourself is to know yourself, know your needs, know your body, know what happens when you don't get enough sleep or you eat certain foods, know what brings you peace and what brings you stress. Also, it's important to know your needs, your values, and your rights. Advocating for yourself also requires the ability to communicate these things in a way that will be understood so that you're heard and you get the support you need. It requires you to stand firm in what you're requesting and know that you have the right to request it and receive it. It requires you to take responsibility for yourself and your needs and have the agency to speak up for the care and treatment you deserve. Speaking up for yourself in this way is really the only chance you have to get your needs fulfilled. It also increases confidence and self-esteem when you begin speaking up for what you need in every situation. This includes all situations where you feel you aren't being treated fairly or properly or your requests are being ignored at work, with health care providers, at the grocery store, and in your personal relationships. The skill of self-advocacy in which you present your side or concern in a clear and kind way and with a solution that works for you is a skill that will serve you well in all areas of your life. And the third thing to adopt to get you through difficult situations is the phrase, I'm willing to see this differently. This is a phrase from A Course in Miracles, and it's about looking at experiences from a place of curiosity instead of judgment. When we judge something from our perspective, we are saying all other perspectives are wrong. This black and white, right or wrong thinking will never bring us peace or happiness because we'll always expect something or someone else to change. And that puts us in the position of victim a place where we completely give away our power to the situation. There's a meme on the internet I found showing six people standing around a very large elephant in varying positions. One person is seeing the tail and says the object is a rope. One is standing at the front where there's a tusk and says what he's seeing is a spear. The ear is a fan to another person. The trunk is a snake. One person standing on a ladder against the elephant's large body says, it's a wall. We all see things differently. What's true for you might not be true for me. The only real truths in the world are ones that universally apply to everyone, like gravity. And that's not very many truths. All other truths really are just my perspective and your perspective and neither perspective is right or wrong, neither one, yours or mine. But when we come to situations with the attitude that someone is right, 
we leave no room for something huge to shift. Marianne Williamson said, A miracle is a shift in perception from fear to love, from a belief in what is not real to faith in that which is. That shift in perception changes everything. I love that quote. Every time I have employed the phrase, I'm willing to see things differently, something huge has happened. Because of the holiday weekend, mom was not going to be able to be seen by a specialist until Thursday, September 7th. I believe because we were open to something better happening, to a shift happening, a last-minute cancellation occurred today, September 5th, and she was able to be seen immediately the day of this recording. It was confirmed that her vertigo was caused by crystals in her ear that had gotten dislodged and are floating around in her inner ear canal, causing her body to lose its balance, which resulted in the extreme vertigo. It's a benign condition, and there's a fairly simple procedure they do to get the crystals back into their appropriate position. She had that procedure done today, will be seen again tomorrow, and most likely that will take care of it. Because of this experience over the weekend, I've seen the importance of getting her a life alert necklace. I want her to keep her independence. And there's no reason she shouldn't. But these tiny, benign crystals could have been life-threatening because of the intensity and the way it completely zapped her strength, leaving her unable to walk or call on the phone for help. I am willing to see this situation for the huge lesson it brought, instead of focusing on everything negative that it caused. I'm willing to see things differently. Will you try it? Be open to the possibility that shifting your perception can result in a miracle occurring. Make sure you stay tuned and follow along because in the next episode, I'm going to give you the secrets to a long, healthy life from my 92-year-old mom. I'll close with this quote from Muhammad Ali. Often it isn't the mountains ahead that wear you out. It's the little pebble in your shoe. It's true. So true. Talk to you in the next episode. Thank you for spending time with me today. To continue on your journey of mastering midlife, click the link in the description to download my free guide, 20 Ways to Say No Without Feeling Guilty. See you in the next episode.